You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and joined in the Farm Bureau studios today by Marcus Grant, former Bulldog, former Bulldog coach. And Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. And so last night, Mississippi State opening the season in women's basketball, winning 77-42 to over Alcorn State. And, of course, men's basketball beginning tomorrow night in Chicago, taking on Arizona State. And, Charlie, basketball's here. Amen. <laughs> Ready to roll. <laughs> Amen. I don't know. What's the old saying? They'll be careful what you wish for, right? So, uh, no, I, I think uh, basketball starting will be a good thing for all involved. And Marcus, last night you had a chance to go to the women's game, didn't you? I did. It was a it was a different experience for me last night. Uh, it was the first time in uh, eighteen years that I hadn't been on the sideline on opening night. So uh, it was it um, was it a situation where you just kept on like trying to to coach the next few minutes? You're trying to figure out, okay, this is what I would do. This is the rotation I would make. Or? Actually, not. No, I was actually just enjoying the game last night. Just and, drink your uh, Diet Coke and sit back and, right. and enjoy yourself with That's some right. popcorn. That's right. I said, man, it's not all bad for my <laughs> <laughs> So, in games like this, you know, when you play a season opener, yep. what are you trying to get out of out of a season opener? Of course, you're, you're playing Alcorn State. It's mm. a different feel for – the women play in Alcorn State and, say, the men playing Arizona State because right. Arizona State's an NCAA tournament team. That's right. And so coming out of the gate, playing Alcorn as a coach, are you trying to figure out – are you just trying to get your feet wet? Are you just trying to figure out rotations? And everybody talks about rotations early in the year and you got to figure out who your nine are and all that good stuff. But what do you think the biggest thing that Mississippi State can take from last night was? Well, as a coach in those in those opening games when you're playing um, inferior competition, you want to make sure that uh, you're executing everything that you've been practicing the last month and a half. You want to be disciplined, even though your uh, your talent level is superior. You you, you want to execute your plays. You want to execute your defensive schemes. You want to play together, share the ball, uh, get your rotations right, and just just get everybody prepared for when you start playing actual competition. You know, real competition. All right, let me tag on that a minute, Marcus, because you're talking about this idea of playing within the system. It felt to me at times late in that ball game yesterday, we had some new players, and it's understandable yep. that weren't in system and kind of felt like a walk-on at the end of the game just trying to jack up some threes and get some points. And you see a couple of players go one for six, one for nine. As a coach, one, do you agree with my assessment? And number two, what do you do about that? Yeah, it's always difficult, like when you when you get a big lead in in games like that, because then the the they start playing to the score. Okay, so instead of staying in, the, in your system and sharing the ball, everybody's trying to see how many points I can get, and 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 that's just the score. You know, playing to the score, and you try to defend against that by telling them, hey, hey guys, let's 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 do what we let's do what we practice, because eventually we're going to be in a game where we have to execute. 
Okay. And so you, ju- you just try to, you know, keep, keep them from doing, doing that. Bart, you obviously got to call Ja'Kayla Jordan's name a lot yesterday. What do you think about her performance? I actually liked Ja'Kayla Jordan more on the def- defensive end than I did the offensive end. I thought she really defended well, and it kind of led to some points for her. And, Marcus, did you see that? She had 26 points, you know, eight free throws, eight of 16 from the field. That means she hit six two-point field goals, a lot of them driving layups. She right. was two for seven behind the three-point line, had some steals. She I had just, six of them. Yeah, That's not just six. some. Yeah, right. she had six, six steals, 13 rebounds as a guard. Right. And at the end of the day, I mean – you know, some teams win with defense. And I don't – you know, and that's what Chris Jans and his team are going to do on the mm-hmm. men's side. Mm-hmm. I don't think this team is built that way. I don't think you're going to see a lot of fifty games in the 50s that you're winning in right. the 50s with women's basketball. Right. And so, when you get guard play like that, and at the end of the day, if you're not going to win defensively, you better be able to put it in a hole. That's right. I think Ja'Kayla Jordan looked like a senior last night. What does having a senior guard do to your to your offense? Man, Charlie and I, we, we were talking about this earlier. There's no substitute for experience. I mean, she, she's been through the battles. She's been through the wars. She, uh, it's the second year with the coach, so she knows what, he's, what he wants, what he's looking for, and at, she can use that experience to help uh, the, the, younger, the younger players. And, and last night she was, man, she was very energetic. She was all over the floor. Uh, impressive game for her. Okay, and so uh, along those lines of having experienced players, mm-hmm. we do have another experienced player down to the low post and Jessica Carter. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers are double-double, 10 points, 13 rebounds. But I think the addition of Barnum is going to make Jessica Carter even better because I think they're just going to complement each other so well. How does having a four and a five together on the floor – is it better – let me ask you this. Is yep. it better to have good play – at four and five, or average, and then great play at the five. What's better for you? Oh no, two is always better than one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you if you got good play at the four and the five, oh man, like that's 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 really that's good balance for your interior game. Yeah, so that, that that's a that's a that's a big plus for them. I thought one of the things that impressed me about the game last night, Bart Lauren Park Lane. So she comes in as a transfer, averages twenty points as a point guard, obviously smallest player on the floor. But she comes in having been a player that put up a lot of points. I was impressed by the fact that she had seven assists, only took four shots. She had uh, four points in the ball game. Would you like to see her get to the free throw line? Yeah, probably. But here's the thing I liked at least was it takes – you start to say what does it make a team – you know, what does it take for a team to be successful – it's going to take some people hanging up the ego and realizing there's only one ball to go in the hole. I was impressed by her because you have to know that coming in last night, she wanted to show people she could score, but that instinct never took over. Well, and you've got to have quality shots, and and that's the thing too, Marcus, about you know we, we took a bunch of shots last night, shot 36%. We took 74 shots last night. They, t- they took 67. We had 70 rebounds in that basketball game last night. And the thing looking forward – That's a lot of opportunities. It's a lot of opportunities. But here's here's the thing, and you hate to say there's a concern after one game and a 35-point win, is there are going to be nights where you don't shoot it well, but you're not going to have the advantage in the low post like you had last night. And so going forward, that's that's what I liked about Lauren Park Lane, is not jacking up shots, trying to get quality shots – 
I didn't think we took a lot of bad shots in the game last night. We just missed some shots. Right. I, I, I thought they took, they had a lot of great looks. Like I said, they just didn't go in. And there will be nights like that, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll tag on to that real quick. Mm-hmm. Because I always like to look for excuses. Because I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old <laughs> and a 16-year-old daughter right now that you know, they try to look for every excuse in the world when something doesn't go their way. And it's okay to disagree, disagree with me because Charlie does all the time. We're in a trust tree here, okay? Right, that's right. I'm going to ask you this. The entire off season, you have to do all your practices, all your scrimmages upstairs in the Mize Pavilion, which is a great asset to your program. And now all of a sudden they're trying to throw together and try to get the Coliseum open. You haven't had a chance to shoot in the open floor. The word depth perception. And when you start shooting in arenas – it's like the old high school when you go into the, the Nanawaya gym or Noxipater and they got the, the goal up and there's the wall right behind you. And then all of a sudden you go to Neshova Central who has the, the, the basket and then the stands behind you. In that depth perception, how do you think not being able to practice in an arena attributes to shooting 36%? It has a huge effect on it, Bart. Like the depth perception is real. Like as a shooter, uh, listen – the practice gyms or the walls are close to the goal. I mean, so it's easy to, to lock in. The lighting is different. Uh, then you then you put the fans in the stands. You, you add all that yep. to the depth perception. And then, of course, it's, it's, it's a huge difference. I've, I've never been a fan. And I've been at a couple of places where we had practice uh, gyms and then the, the arena. And so we would use the practice gym all week. And then the day before the game, we'll go practice in the arena. I was like, guys, why don't we practice in the place that we we're going to play? I mean, it, it'll help our shooting. It'll help our free throw shooting. It'll help our guys be comfortable. So I, I, that's always been a pet peeve of mine as a coach uh, to not practice in the arena more more than, than we did. And that's the thing. We just couldn't. I know. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, it's different circumstances. You just yes. completely different circumstances. But right. I always thought th- that's real. Oh, that's a real. And I think it's more real, say, on a three-point shot than, say, a free throw. Absolutely. I hope that's the reason. Because we were four of twenty-four, so like I said, I'm, I'm always looking, looking, and I'm going to say <laughs> that's there the reason. were some that it looked like we were just trying to push the ball in the general direction of the goal. So there were some quick shots, but it goes back to that. I always said, look, if you're getting ready to play the Bahamas, go get a conference room at your local Holiday Inn. There you go. Uh, because <laughs> you, know, you play those things. Some of these places you go for these Bahamas, you go down to Cancun, do some of those things. You're basically playing in a conference room. Hey, a bar, me, you're playing on the ballroom. Oh, yeah, right. you are playing. <laughs> hey, we went down to Baja Mar a couple of years ago and played down there in, in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and you're literally worried about a high-arcing three hitting the lights. Absolutely. Hitting the roof. <laughs> and, it, I mean, I think somebody threw a three-quarter court, court. I mean, it didn't barely nick. Knocking out some ceiling tile. <laughs> I mean, it's like if it hits a light, it's going out. Right. <laughs> All right, so what's your takeaway from this team, Bart? Like, all right, so you've got Alcorn State, southeastern Louisiana coming in on Friday, Jacksonville State a couple of days later. On Sunday, you actually got four games in a row at home. you got New Orleans on the backside of that. That's going to be a Wednesday, a Wednesday 11 a.m. game. But you got four at home, longest home streak of the year. What's If you're Sam Purcell between now and Friday, what's your emphasis? Well, I think one of the things – you know, when you start looking at who you've got going forward, and this is not a knock on any competition whatsoever, but all three of those games should be a little bit of a step up from what you saw last night, but not in the standpoint of where you ought to be in a worrisome situation about losing a basketball game. You're going to have better athletes than 
the next three teams by far and large. Marcus, from a coaching standpoint along those lines, when you're making out a schedule, when you see a schedule, when do you like to get that first measuring stick game? Is it is it when you've got a, a team you try to you know ease your way in? Is it five games? Is it two games? Hey, men's basketball, we got that measuring stick game tomorrow night. Yeah. And so, as a coach, and sometimes you can't dictate who you play and when because you, you're trying to work out home and homes and when you can do some buy games. Scheduling is not easy, but in the perfect world. When do you like to see that quote-unquote measuring stick game? Well, like you said, it all depends on what kind of team you have. Like, say, for the men, men's, for example, experienced veteran team, uh, added good quality players to the, to the mix. They're ready to jump in the mix right out the back. So they, they, the schedule set up to go play Arizona State the first game. If you have a young team or you got uh, a lot of new pieces coming in and you, in your first or second year, Probably want to, you know, get you a couple games under your belt, you know, three or four games under your belt, and, you know, just gradually work your way up until uh, some, some competition around game game four or five. Yep. All right, so you never did answer my question. And my question, Bart, was if you're Sam Purcell, what are you working on between now and Friday? <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back to me. See what I'm talking about, Marcus? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, well – you're filibustering. I well, want an answer to my I, question. I feel, I feel like the counselor is looking at me on the stand and say, sir, you did not answer, answer one question. question. Right. That's all I say to, you know, at home. You know, I appreciate all that, but my question was. Right. Well, I think um, I think going forward, you've got to you got to start figuring out, and I know every you say this every year, you're trying to figure out that mix between how much do you let freshmen and newcomers play and then all of a sudden trying to figure out how can I get my rotation from 11 to 10 or from 10 to 9. And I think, you know, that to me is the next step is just trying to figure out what kind of rotations you want to have on the floor. I think, you know, you're working on your shooting. I mean, just that's something you just can't do. And we talk about with the arena. I think you can get back in the arena the next couple of days and, hey, you can take a deep breath and let's just play ball. And I tell you that one of the things I'm working on in my game plan for Friday is when I look at the starting lineup yesterday, here's what I see. Oh, oh. We got a broadcast Friday? We do indeed. Maybe okay. we'll have working microphones by then. <laughs> working microphones and a monitor that may work. Yeah. Hey, so. let me tell you this. I'm I'm sorry. All we do is talk into the mic. And I appreciate I appreciate the feedback. But at the end of the day, all me and you can do is talk in the mic. But go ahead, sorry. You're you're good about that. The I'm going to interrupt you, sorry, and then you continue to interrupt me and then say you're sorry, but that's okay. Well, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do to you right. what you did to me a minute ago on the stand. All right, so here we go. Here's If I'm coaching, here's what I'm looking at. Jerkayla Jordan goes for 26. She has the big career game, double-double. Jessica Carter gives you the double-double. You feel good there. Aaron Barnum comes in, plays well as a transfer, double-double. And Lauren Park Lane, like we talked about, the seven assists, you feel good there. Here's my concern if I'm going into the game. Debrisha Poe, somebody that you're going to count on, a player who has a potential to be a star, who was a really good freshman for a year ago, plays 16 minutes, 2.6 rebounds. Something was out of sync with her yesterday. And so one of the things I feel at least that I'm going to have to do if I'm coaching this team is to get her in a good rhythm here in a hurry because what I don't want to do because look, you got to have five out there on the floor, and I don't want one of them who has a chance to be a star going into the hole mentally. Well, and it's almost like in baseball too. Okay, I'm willing to trade defense for offense at two positions, one at catcher, the other at shortstop. But that's not as many 
that's not as high a percentage as having two of your five who are not scoring. Because right now, we just talked about a minute ago, Lauren Park Lane, your point guard's not scoring. And so you, you definitely don't need another hole in your lineup. Am I right, Marcus? That's correct. That's correct. But I, when you're up 30, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to – Are we overanalyzing this we a little are, bit? We are. We are. This is what I would do if I were them, being a coach. I would break down last night's film, and, and I'm sure they're going to. And today we'll, we'll have a film session, and we'll, we'll see our mistakes. We'll see the things that we did poorly. We'll see the things that we did well. And we said, hey, after our next game, we don't want to see these mistakes that we showed you today. Okay? And then we just gradually improve upon those. Let's keep doing what we did well. But let's, let's limit these miscues that we showed you right here today. A win is a win. A win? Oh, absolutely. You're 1-0. You're <laughs> right. You know who else always wins? That's our good friends at Maroon & Company. Go to maroonandco.com. Go in the store. Purchase that great Mississippi State gear. They had the 90s. MSU Vault logo products, the interlocking MSU, the state script, and just so many different great things that have Mississippi State on them at Maroon and Company. So go to maroonandco.com. Give them the code NIL10. You'll get a 10% discount, and they'll send another 5% to the Bulldog Initiative. So our good friends at Maroon and Company and the Cotton Mill Marketplace right by Chick-fil-A in Starkville. And also we're brought to you by Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. Check out the butcher shop down in Florence, Mississippi. It's a, it's an expanded butcher shop. They have a lot of beef jerky. They have a lot of steaks. But country-pleasing sausage is the staple of country meat packers, and they can get it at grocery stores all throughout the southeast. We're talking to Marcus Grant. We're talking basketball today. Mississippi State women winning last night over Alcorn State, 77-42. to And now when we come back, we'll take a look ahead. The Bulldogs and men's basketball taking on Arizona State tomorrow night in Chicago to open up the men's basketball season. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Mark Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. We're talking basketball with Marcus Grant. And I'd like to remind you, our show brought to you by our good friends at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com. Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators, the Barco equipment for the Forester, but a growing company, Trax Plus, the customer service is outstanding. The service center down in Hickory, and that's where it all started, is great. So go to TraxPlus.com to see what kind of new or used equipment that you can get for your piece of property or your business. All right, Marcus, men's basketball. Yes, sir. Taking on Arizona State. I was looking at Arizona State. They have a team that I think like seven of their 12 guys are on the roster or six of their 14. It's one of them. They're all over over six eight. I mean, this is going to be a big basketball team that we play. Bobby Hurley. Hey, for us guys here, for our age, oh, man. we remember Bobby Hurley as a player. Ooh. And you talk about the the prototypical point guard when he was a player at Duke. Real deal. Yeah, he really. Real was. deal. He was he was unbelievable, man. And so they're picked to finish sixth in the Pac twelve. The big presence on the inside, and of course, the, you know the elephant in the room. We don't have Tolu. We don't have Murph, and we're going to be a little bit undersized. And we don't have Shaq. And we don't have Shaq Moore. That's also the elephant in the room. But when you don't have it's the – a pres- lot of elephants for a small room. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> hey, you were with us when we went to uh, to New York mm-hmm. when we played, and it was – was it Moultrie? 
who was it that yeah it was Moultrie that won like the player and Deville Smith and oh, yeah. yeah we, we went up to Texas A and M and Arizona yeah to me that was the big thing about Madison Square Garden and playing in the Garden yep. is they've got this elevator Charlie that's twice as big as this room it was as crazy isn't it it is and they were talking about when the circus comes to town they had to put all the elephants <laughs> in the ele- in the elevator and so there was a lot of elephants in in that room as well yep. so anyway have you ever been in that elevator Charlie no I've not it's massive elevator it is massive okay but the elephants in the room. When you're playing with a smaller lineup against a team that's that big, what do you expect to see Chris Jans and his team try to do to attack Arizona State tomorrow night? Well, obviously that we're we're going to guard the crap out of them. Like that's that's a staple of of, of who Mississippi State basketball is. But then uh, when you're down two big guys, everybody has to uh, dial it up a notch with intensity, with aggressiveness. You got to gang rebound. You got to block out even more than you normally would, you know, just to try to fill the gap for, for those two big guys being missing. Do you worry about a guy like Cam Matthews getting in foul trouble because you're trying to do a little bit too much and more than you usually do? Well, no, not really. Like I said, those, those he's a veteran player. He, he knows how important it is for him to stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court. He just has to be more aware. You know, we don't have Tolu. We don't have Merv. So I, I got to be more conscious of chipping down on another big guy who I wouldn't normally have to do that. You know, and, and him being a veteran guy, he, Jeffries, uh, big boy from West Virginia, Jimmy, they, 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 all, they all know what they have to do. You know, you bring up the foul trouble with Cam. He's, he's been there, fouled out seven times in his career. So it's not like he's doing it every week. But you've had to limit some minutes with him at times. But I think for me, one of the big keys too, though, is you got to have Jimmy Bell. You're going to have to have him rebound. But I think he's got to give you a little more than he gave you against Southern Miss. Well, gave us two points, gave you nine rebounds, but I think you got to have a little more out of Jimmy Bell. And that was a, that was a putback too. You know, Jaquan Scott. I don't know if you've seen Jaquan Scott play I in, in practice. And yes, I, I was very. I, I left there against Southern Miss, and I was like, man, this guy one can defend, two he can rebound. To me, it, so much about re, about rebounding is instincts, and you can tell guys that are instinctively understand the angles of, of what's going to come off the iron. That's what I liked about him is getting rebounds in his hands, the way he handled the basketball. Yeah, I, I watched those guys practice a couple of times. And he, he's impressive. He's an, uh, a big athlete who has a good feel for the ball. Like you said, he, he detects the flight of the ball and, you know, anticipate where it's coming off. Uh, put up really good stats down at Southern Miss in, in, in limited time. i tell you the thing with him, though, I think it's going to be an issue for all the new guys, is that Chris Jans, he, he had the saying last year, I think Richard Williams, and that's great radio, by the way. The Mississippi State postgame show, Richard and Chris Chan's talking, is oh, yeah. is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Because those are two just basketball dudes right there. But he asked last year, how do you get your guys to play so hard? He basically said there's a ticket to the floor, and the price of that ticket is playing defense. And so you go and you look at it. That's not just an effort thing. There's a skill to playing defense that has to be developed. And there's an understanding of where to be. I think that's as important as anything with this defensive philosophy. That's, I think, the thing that worries me most about some of these younger guys because you could see it at times where Jans was about to about to break a clipboard over his knee down at Southern, just guys not being where they're supposed to be. Now, the problem was you only get that experience one way, play. That's right. Young guys and playing, and you don't have Shaq Moore in a game tomorrow night you don't happen the first two games all right where you where's your outside scoring going to come from is it hubbard because he felt like you know he kind of felt like he got some confidence 
in the second half down at Southern Miss. Now, the first shot he took at the side of the back. Right. The second one was a line drive. You could tell he was scared to death. You know, I've talked to some of his buddies, by the way, some of the guys back from MRA, and they say that's just part of, you know, when you turn the lights on, it takes him a minute to adjust some days. But I tell you what, he adjusted well, hit a big three in the second half. And so you would you would think that he's going to be the guy that, uh, without Shaq Moore, that may have to hit that outside shot. He, uh, Taylor, yeah, and Andrew Taylor, you know, he, he's, he, he's capable. Uh, I think the guy who has to step up is Jeffries. Yeah. Yeah, like his, his talent level, I mean, he, he, sh- he should be able to put a team on his back offensively some nights and say, hop on, guys. That's how talented he is to me. And I, I've seen him. I've coached against him when he was at Memphis. We played him when I was at Western Kentucky. I've seen him here at, at Mississippi State for, you know, two or three years. And the guy, his talent level is just through the roof. And he, he's the guy that has the, the ability to take another step offensively. All right, so what is it? What is the key there? Is it basically you got to turn him loose a little bit, or is it is this more about him? I think it's more about him. I mean, as long as you defend and play hard – I hadn't seen Jans handcuff him on the offensive end. You know, no, I no. I don't think he's run into many shots he's turned down. Yeah, right. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's about him. Do you want to see him go on the attack more in terms of attacking the goal or more from the perimeter? That's what I was about to say. If you're, coach, if you're coaching against D.J. Jeffries, do you want him shooting threes or do you want him driving? If I'm coaching against if him, you're I, want, coaching I against want him shooting threes. Yeah. Yeah, but – He's a he's a capable three point shooter. He's just he's just a more dangerous driver. But if if I'm him, I'm mixing it up. I'm driving it. Then when they're anticipating my drive, I'm shooting pull ups. I'm shooting open threes. It's a difference between shooting a, a good three point shot and a bad three point shot. So if he's if he's open and, and has a good look, if if I'm Coach Jans, I have no problem with him shooting a three. All right. So what about Rams? What is it that you're looking from Deshaun Davis? Are we looking for points? Are we looking for assists? If I said right now at the end of the year, I want to see Deshaun Davis average 10 points a game, am I on or off? Off. Too low or too high? Too high. How would, would you like to see him go? Seven. Seven. Seven and five assists and four rebounds. You know, and control the, control the game. You want him more running the floor than being your scoring option? Absolutely. I'm good with that. Oh. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. Ten points is a lot. That's a lot. Heck yeah! Listen, <laughs> hey, listen. No, he's done it before. <laughs> listen, he's he done has it before in, in major college basketball. Jeffrey, Jeffrey's averaged ten points. Yeah. Okay. Right, where does that number need to be? Fourteen. Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, and early in the season without Smith, it needs to be fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Trust me, he's the guy. You're gonna have to add up to sixty somewhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> somehow, some way, yeah. is, is it going to come from Cam? Probably not. No. Is, you know, you got to figure out. To me, that shooting guard position is where it's all going to be. I mean, how, how, much, how many points do you get out of Andrew Taylor? How many right. points do you get out of, you know, of Hubbard? Right. And so, to me, that's kind of the swing position. Well, and what can Andrew Taylor do on the defensive end to keep himself on the floor? That's the thing, I think. Look, the minutes are going to have to come from somewhere when Shaq's out. Um, because the other guy we haven't talked about and we haven't seen much after being hurt at Southern is Sean Jones. So the question is, what can he do for you? Yeah, roll that ankle in the second half. Hey, I enjoyed it. I love talking basketball oh, with you yeah, guys. Definitely. Hey, and, uh, of course, when you're coming to Startville, of course, we got a football game next weekend. That'll be the Southern Miss game. 
at 11 a.m. Plenty of activities going on in Starville over the next month, and so if you're trying to make some dinner reservations for the night before, dinner reservations after that football game on Saturday. Charlie, what all you got going on in Starville? Well, we got a lot going on. On Monday, by the way, and I'm just really glad to see this, fourth annual Veterans Day parade. It's going to take place on Monday at 11 o'clock, but then roll later in the week. Got a holiday bazaar going down, and you know what's going to be here before we know it? The Christmas parade, November 27. Now, I'm a big believer in have your Christmas parade once in December. You've turned the calendar to the number 12, but you know, we're <laughs> it's kind of a rounding error. We're almost there. So, yeah, the 27th is the Christmas parade. So, a lot going on in Starville. It's always the Monday after Thanksgiving. So, that's just a product of Thanksgiving being a week kind of somewhat earlier this year. Marcus enjoyed it. Good to see you as yeah, always. Always, yes, sir. Hey, and uh, also thanks to our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com and see how this Mississippi company can help your business and help your government to, in your city government as well. And so audiovisual equipment, security systems, and physical security, so many different things. You'll be amazed. Go to howardcomputers.com. If you just need a laptop, need a printer, Go to Howard Technology Solutions, howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you. So for Charlie Winfield and Marcus Grant, thanks again to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Go to tracksplus.com for your heavy machinery. Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com. NIL10 is the promo code. Country Pleasing Sausage. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com and Startwell.org, Mississippi's college town, the Startwell CVP. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.